So 24 hours after posting the last episode, a rating appeared on Spotify. Thank you so much for taking the time to let me know how you feel about the show. Uh, this is something I do in my spare time. There's no profit involved. Uh, all all uh, profit from the book goes to children's charity. So uh, this is the only way really that I get any feedback and uh, for you guys to let me know how you feel about the show. So thank you so much for taking the time to do that. If you did uh, click a rating, if you haven't already, please do so. Um, and feel free to email me if you prefer. Come and have a chat about anything at johnablewriter at gmail.com. The email address is in the show notes. In the meantime, please enjoy part one of our October story. Welcome to 31 Tales for October. The Dead House, Part 1 If you're looking for the Dead House, you can find it at the end of my street. All the kids know where it is. It used to be a regular house, like any other, but it hasn't been normal for years. A girl called Lexi used to live there with her parents, but one day she vanished without a trace. No one knows what happened to Lexi, but life goes on, right? Only not for Lexi's parents. They are so completely heartbroken and twisted with sadness. They cannot smile and they hardly speak. They either wander aimlessly searching for their missing daughter or spend all of their time locked up inside the house. Sometimes they could be seen as dark figures in the window, looking out as if waiting for Lexi to return. But it seemed like she was gone and never coming back. After several years, Lexi's parents finally moved away. In their quiet misery, they had neglected the house as well as the little garden that used to bloom flowers in the spring. They hadn't once painted the fence or fixed the leaky roof. They hadn't cut back the large oak tree or trimmed the hedges. They never bothered to put down grass seed or think to wipe the windows. Not once did they clear out the gutters and never did they even care to scoop the dead bird out of the pond. After they left, nobody wanted to buy the house, no matter how cheap the asking price. Firstly, the place was a mess, a real dump, and secondly, nobody wanted to live in a house where poor Lexi had lived and vanished. So there the house remained, standing still like a gravestone and empty as a grave. Unwanted and unloved, the house slowly began to decay. Paint peeled from the walls and the window frames began to rot. Flowers no longer flourished, only bundles of great thick weeds covered in black thorns. The oak tree became gnarled and bent, leaning menacingly to one side, its branches twisted and dark, ending in claws that might belong to some creature of the night. Inside the house was no better. As rain got in through holes in the roof, staining the walls black with mould. For a while, flies hovered around the dead bird that lay half in and half out of the pond. But after that turn to bones, even they didn't stay. And so, to the children of the area, the house became known as the dead house. 
To me, it didn't seem dead at all. It seemed very much alive. Whenever I walked past, I felt like the house was watching me, as if the sadness of Lexi's parents had somehow become a living, breathing thing that now lived in the house, looking out through window eyes. A few times I thought I saw someone or something moving inside, but when I stopped, all was still, like the house was holding its breath. And then one day, everything changed. On my way home from school, I was surprised to see a light on inside the dead house. It wasn't a main room light, but something small like a lamp. And even stranger, it was coming from Lexi's room. From the path, I couldn't see anything else, just the light in the window. When I arrived home, there was a letter by the door. It was addressed to the dead house. I mean, it didn't actually say to the dead house, but it was supposed to go to number 17, and we were number 11, which looks similar, so maybe the postman had made a mistake. But it was a bit strange because the number 17 was very clearly written. Because nobody lived at the dead house, perhaps the postman thought the number on the envelope was a mistake. Or maybe he was just too afraid to go into that garden and post it through the letterbox. I showed the letter to my mum and to my horror she asked me to deliver it on my way home from school the next day. I was about to argue that nobody lived there so why bother posting the letter but then I had seen the light in the bedroom. Perhaps a new family had moved in. Not having a good enough reason to say no, I agreed to take the letter and decided to go right away rather than put it off. If I waited until the next day, I'd be awake all night worrying about it. By the time I left my house, the sky was orange. I could see the sun hanging above the end of the street. The dead house was already deep in shadow and it gave me the shivers. I walked slowly, not wanting to go at all. For a moment I thought about chucking the letter in the bin and telling Mum I had posted it. If it wasn't for that light in the window, I probably would have, but I wanted to know if there really was someone living there now. From the fence I could see thick weeds shooting up like beanstalks. Some of them grow outwards from under the fence, and some push right through it. Perhaps I could have climbed them if it wasn't for the black thorns as big as rat's teeth. There were low, no lights on now, but the front door was wide open like a gaping mouth. I shivered for the second time that day and looked at the letter in my hands. There were no clues as to what was inside, just a plain envelope with the address written in large black handwriting. Curls of white paint hung off the rotten fence. The bird had sunk into the pond and the ground around it was nothing but dried dirt surrounded on all sides by deadly weeds. The gate was closed, but hanging from its hinges, so when I tried to open it, the whole thing fell to the floor with a shudder. I looked up to see if anyone had noticed, but the house still seemed empty. I stepped over the gate and moved toward the open door. The oak tree creaked as if turning to watch me, 
and I heard rustling from somewhere near the fence, beneath a bundle of weeds. Hello? I called into the darkness of the house. I heard the creak of a door opening from somewhere inside, and the same light as before coming from Lexi's room at the top of the stairs. Hello? I called again. No answer. I have this letter. I'm just going to leave it here, okay? More silence. It felt as before, like the house was somehow holding its breath. I shook off the feeling that it was somehow alive and decided to take a look inside just in case someone needed help or something. I mean, the front door was left open and there was a light on. I carefully took one step inside the door and slam! It shut behind me like an animal caught in a trap. Hello? I shouted suddenly, feeling very afraid. Is anybody there? I made my way upstairs toward the light, clutching the letter in my hand. All the other rooms were dark, except for Lexi's. The room itself was empty, but right in the middle of the wall was an open door, small enough for a child. The door should have gone through to the bathroom, but it didn't. It was an impossible door that shouldn't have been there and a bright light was coming from inside. I climbed up, crawling inside on my hands and knees, into the light and left the dead house behind me. End of part one. Thank you for listening to 31 Tales for October. You can purchase your copy now on Kindle for only 99 pence or 99 cents. Or show your support for the podcast by leaving a review on iTunes, Goodreads or Amazon.